This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne. It's our 39th episode. I don't know what that means or what that's significant for, but we're here, 39 episodes into Thrive Perspectives. <laughs> I'm, I You're so random, your beginnings. It's I, like, what is it? Surely you can come up with something better I'm than that. Sorry, come on, we're meant to be I'm engaging. Okay, you know, okay. this is the uh, this is the personality bit, and you're in charge of the personality <laughs> department. <laughs> <laughs> My job inject colour and personality into it. Um, um, Thirty nine. I've got nothing today. I've got okay. nothing. Look, all I. Oh, can... We have got a good. We've got a good episode though. I'm, yes. I'm, uh, I, I like this one. Yeah. This, yeah. this is. Uh, it's actually a suggestion that's been b- bouncing around yeah. for a while. And well, let's take a minute right at the beginning here to say, if you've got a suggestion for what you would like to talk us to talk about on Thrive Perspectives, mm. please get in touch with us. Uh, there's a few ways you can do it easiest way is at thrivetoday.tv but we would love your suggestions on what to talk about especially i mean perspectives is all about that christian perspective that yeah. worldview that yeah. we believe you should be having about yeah. a certain topic and i think this came through as a suggestion yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. i think you're, you're stretching anyway, my, whatever my, my memory now it was it was locked away in our minds at some point <laughs> and it was on the list you know we add things to the list oh yeah that's that is an interesting like sometimes we'll answer a, you know answer a question uh in an episode but others, others we think oh that's worthy of a whole episode so yeah, yeah. so here we are i the the you know we the the and today we're going to talk about essentially uh, we're going to talk about really what is our mission and with special uh, reference to the salt and light the idea of salt and light yeah I I think I found that this came from uh, Chris Maddock right originally okay. I think this was the, I'm, I'm just tracing all my little questions in my little spreadsheet and. Um, yeah, this his 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 question was being his was more about being specifically salt and light in the workplace. Yeah, but we've had other questions about literally coming in going, yeah. what does it even mean? Yeah, salt I, and light. Yeah. And and actually, in in different ways, this is a top. This is why I was keen to talk about this topic because, I it's something that has come up even just implicitly, in conversations where, I I, I keep feeling the need to get back to. A common understanding of hang on, what actually is our mission? Like, let, let's just be, you know, you right. have those conversations. Oh, oh, but we need to do this, and we need to. Wait, wait, wait. No, like, hey, yeah. can I, can I, Matt? Can I make it more? Can I make it really, really personal and on the spot? Yeah. In the light of lockdowns, yeah. In lockdown, yeah. okay, light of, yep. a lot yep. of COVID, yep. in the light of vaccinations, yep. and everyone drawing a line in the sand, yeah. You know, what hill am I prepared yeah, to die right. on? Yeah. What am I going to believe? Yeah. I don't believe that source. I believe this yeah. source. And all this stuff going around about all these different agendas around the world. Yeah. What do we do with our family? What do I believe in? All these different things. I think it's really good to take a moment and go, hang on. If Jesus was here, what would he be telling yeah. us to do? Yeah. And that's yeah. pretty much, I think, what we that's want to right. do. Yeah. And we have, you know, we have a New Testament. We have, you know, the writings of Paul. And, Paul, and I mean, these, uh, we've in our Thrive 
deeper podcast we've been looking through acts we're actually this is well timed yeah. because yeah because no you know nowhere do we have a better example what the mission is and yes. how to stick to that mission than we have uh with paul in the book of acts backed up of course by his letters and the yes. teaching of jesus and that's so yeah so that's that. been happening over at our, our sister podcast thrive deeper and then we've just finished if you're a new listener go back we've just finished a three-part series on the holy spirit yeah. so in light of in light of you know, the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in our life mm. as part of Jesus's spirit in yeah. empowering us in the world, being salt and light yeah, and what that actually means, I think is a really yeah. good time to yeah. look at it. Yeah. Now, Matt, I, I, I don't know, uh, you know, as per usual with all of our well-researched uh, stuff beforehand and talking about what we're going to talk about, I don't know what passages you want to go from because I found four passages in the New Testament okay. about, that mention salt. Right. Okay. Well, let me go back to the original. Let's start yeah. with the original passage. How about yeah. we start there, and yeah. then you can expand uh, with some of those. Yeah. Other well, basically, passages. Jesus mentions salt three times, yeah. and Paul mentions it once, and I yeah. think it all works together. Yeah. So uh, the main passage that I think we want to look at is from Matthew. Yeah, that's right, Matthew five. So uh, Jesus says, and it's in the context uh, of the Sermon on the Mount. And I think some context here actually is all important. Very. Context is all important. Very. The Sermon on the Mount is really the charter of the kingdom in, in many in many ways. And um, the the Beatitudes, starting off with the Beatitudes, is very provocative because it's it's a corrective in many senses of what God's people at the time, the Jewish people, thought the mission was. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... Uh, Can I pause yeah. for one second? Yeah. I've just finished watching season two of The Chosen. Yeah. Now this is not a plug for the chosen. But I'm happy to plug the chosen. Okay, well, it's but, fantastic. But, yeah. but it can. Yeah. Have you finished season two of the chosen? Uh, I haven't actually. I've, I've got a couple of episodes there oh, to catch up on. Okay. I'm going to spoil it if you haven't. Oh no 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 no! no, no, no. Not, how can I spoil the New Testament? <laughs> Have you read? You've read the New Testament <laughs> right. before. I can't spoil it for. Let Don't me just, tell me what happened. No 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 end. no. It, there's there's a beautiful moment in the last few episodes of season two, and this is if you don't know what the chosen is, it's an ongoing television series. Uh, done totally independently by a group of uh, you know believers, t- you know telling the life of Christ, the, yeah. the ministry of Christ, yeah. and uh, in in the story at the end of season two, Jesus is preoccupied and working on and going away all the time, working out what he's going to be saying on the sermon. Yeah, on the Mount. yeah, yeah. And he's working out. He keeps taking Matthew, you know, you know yeah, the tax collector yeah. with him because Matthew is the writer. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's writing everything down, and he's running things past Matthew all the time. What do you think about this? If I say it this way, and Matthew's like oh, a bit dry. <laughs> you know, like it's really, really well done. And right at the, you know, again, I won't spoil it, the, the very ending, but as he's preparing, he's coming up with a way, and he works out a way to deliver the beatitudes yeah. and work out the salt and light parts yeah. of it and everything like that. And Matthew's like, yes, this is it, and it's just a beautiful yeah. human moment yeah. of him working yeah. out and you realize they've really done it in a dramatic way this is the beginning yeah. of the public ministry of Jesus Christ yeah. and what he has to say is yeah. very important yeah very important and quite revolutionary oh, as well so yeah. so the preoccupation at this time of, of the Jewish people was basically bringing about another essentially another Maccabean revolt uh, going back into the mid second century yes. BC uh, you had that big uprising against the um, Greek overlords, of course, um, uh, 
Antiochus IV Epiphanes outlawed Jewish religion, the Jews rose up, and they actually won for themselves uh, an independent kingdom, 100 years of independent kingdom uh, that territorially was the size of that of Solomon. So it was Mm. a significant period within living memory, uh, well... Uh, of, generational of, yeah, memory. Yeah, that's right. Within generational memory, you know, that's my grandparents yes. have memories of yes. this, that kind of thing. And that, that actually is important for, yeah. for these people. And so they they wanted that again. We're going to rise up against the Romans. We're going to... Uh, yeah. And, and the, the promises about the kingdom, I mean, Jesus announces, you know, the, uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, for them, that means that we, you know, we, we are God's instrument to impose... The kingdom of God yes. uh, in the world, uh, you know, the conquest. They they took that as a model. Then you've got the you know the Maccabean revolt was another sort of model of that. So this is all in their minds. This is in their minds. As that's Jesus right. stands that's right. up so, to give this yeah, sermon that's on the right. mount. That's right. So so they're you know. I guess they're thinking, you know, we're going to, you know, purge the earth and be yeah. God's instruments of judgment. Uh, you yes. know, the Messiah is going to lead us out. We're going to yeah. go out and judge the earth and <laughs> we're going to drive the Romans out of the kingdom of God and, and oh. all these filthy Gentiles. And and so Jesus comes up with this agenda. Uh, uh, well, not, I mean, he, I mean uh, it, it's it's nothing new uh, in scripture. It's it's always there. Yeah. But he's preaching this message. It's basically saying we're not going to kick the Gentiles out. We're actually going to dr- invite them in. And, and the ki- and the kingdom is upside down. It's upside down kingdom. Everything, that's right. Everything that you <laughs> think right. about is it. It's amazing that they. I, I mean, you can understand how they got it so wrong. Uh, uh, yeah. But. But in another sense, it's amazing that they did because it's so um, because what Jesus is teaching is so consistent with the prophecies. It's just that um, you know that's that human, uh, I guess that human part of us that just wants to impose everything, and, yeah. and it's all by violence. And kingdoms, you know, in the in have always expanded through military means, and in that there were plenty and, of examples. And of this that in their and day. this is the classic example of of Jesus. And this is a sort of a side point that I'll bring up here and we might get to later on. A lot of people talk about salt and light and they bring up these things in the light of, especially today with what is popular about social justice. Yeah. And because Jesus brings, you know, talks about the mm. beatitude about, you know, the poor and the needy yeah, and the yeah. meek and everything like that. So a lot of that, there's a lot of social justice talk mm. around about this mm. topic. I'm just going to put that there, lay it off to one mm. side in the sidebar here in your mind because we might get back to it towards mm. the end. But Jesus is appealing to those who are upside, who are the lowest yeah, yeah, in the kingdom, right, yeah. and saying you are going to be yeah, that's blessed. right. So the ones that seem l- the least qualified are now the most qualified. That's yeah. the uh, you know th- that's where you begin with everything upside down. It's yeah. really quite amazing how upside down yeah. you know beatitudes that the beatitudes are. So immediately starts controversially. Then you you know you've got the famous things like you know if your enemy strikes you turn the other cheek and and these sayings that are really flying in the face of of what the leading religious people of the day, the Pharisees and the Zealots yes. uh, on that side, because, of course, the Sadducees were happy with the status quo. They, the, the Romans supported their, uh, you know, positions of power and so forth. But, uh, look, the majority of people wanted to see the Romans ousted and, and uh, some kind of violent revolution. And, of course, as we know, that happened in the late 60s AD. Yep. 
and yes. it was a complete disaster. Yeah. And it led to the destruction of, well, pretty much the destruction of Judea and Jerusalem and the temple yeah. and basically a 1900-year exile of the Jewish people. So, you know, whenever disasters like that happened throughout the Old Testament, prophets came and said, you're going the wrong way, turn this way. Well, essentially Jesus is saying that. He's definitely fulfilling yeah, that. He's saying that you, you, this is the wrong way. You, what you think the mission, that's not the mission, and he's pointing the other way. Well, and that's exactly the point. In verse 12, as he finishes those first Beatitudes, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, in verse 12, he says, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets. So he's, yeah, a lot, that's right. he's, yeah. he's bringing that yeah. point up, who were before you. And then straight from that, straight from calling these blessed things, that's where we get in, in Matthew, verses 13, 14 to about 16, the salt and light yeah, that's right. story. Yeah. So, yeah. so he he begins off in saying, you know, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? If it will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless, worthless. Yeah, the that's ones right. that yeah. So that's that's the salt analogy. Yeah. Just that first verse is about salt. Yeah, and then the second one is about light. That's right. So the 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 light. The light one is probably easier because that's used throughout. There's a there's plenty yes. uh, um, about that, and we'll we'll talk about that. Give me what what have you got on salt? What else have you got? I, on I've salt? Got, well, the salt again. I've got a few different translations on salt, but I want to tie it all together because I think Jesus has got a particular thought in mind, yep. and there's definitely a cultural. Yep. You know, the, the the mindset of people living in that time, yep. they knew what Jesus meant with salt. And it's a very difficult experience in some regards. You use actually, and probably worth saying in terms of background, I don't know if you're going to go into this, but yeah. background was salt was used for a lot more, very valuable, oh. uh, used for a lot more things than we would use. I mean, we just use it for flavoring today, but it was essentially an antiseptic. Yes. It was used to cure meat. It yes. was used to preserve. Yes. Uh, it was... Um, Fertilizer. Yeah, it was. There were so many different yeah. uses uh, for salt. It was also in plenty of supply because, of course, the Dead Sea uh, Basin yeah. uh, provided them with heaps of salt. Heaps so of salt, salt works. Yeah. Uh, so there were salt works in in Israel, and of course, the Dead Sea. Uh, Bathing in the Dead Sea acted like a kind of antiseptic, you know, lepers yeah. and so forth, because of the salt, and uh, really content. rich in a lot of different chemicals and minerals and things yeah, like right. that yeah. that people need. And everybody's familiar with the Dead Sea in that region; they yeah. know where their salt's yeah, coming right. from. Yeah. They're salt merchants. Yeah. The bad salt merchants would slip maybe yeah. a little bit more sand. Yeah, that's right. In the bottom so of that's the bag, the, that's the stuff that loses its saltiness. Exactly. <laughs> There's a little bit of that because we're thinking, no matter how much, if you've got pure salt. It doesn't lose its yeah, saltiness. Right. So we'll yeah, get into yeah, that a little yeah. bit later. So he goes into that. So there's all this beautiful contextual of the period time of people's thinking about salt. Mm. Salt when it was worthless and it was not great. They salted the roads with it yeah, in, in yeah, Roman times. Yeah. They, you know, they did a lot of different stuff there. So then we see not really a parallel passage. It's probably a different time of teaching, but Jesus mentions salt again in Luke 14. Luke records it, and I'll read it in the NIV. Uh, in Luke 14, at right at the end in 34 and 35, he says, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. 
it is thrown out. Mm. Whoever he is, let him hear. You know, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I love the old King James in that, which says, you know, I remember reading it as, uh, growing up with the King James. It's neither fit for the land nor yet fit for the dunghill. Yeah. <laughs> I was always excited by that one when that came up. And then in Mark, uh, Jesus mentions salt again. This is the only only times that Jesus mentions salt in these three times. It, in Mark nine, Jesus says, uh, for Everyone will be tested with fire. This is at the end of the time where he's talking about if you're, you know, your hand offends you, mm, yeah, you yeah, know, if your yeah, eye offends right. you. So everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have qualities of salt among you. And this is a really interesting one because this is the one where in the KJV, the the mm. authorized text uses mm. a different manuscript. Yeah. And so in the KJV, Mark 9, 49 and 50 is different. Yeah. It says, For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted yeah. with salt. Yeah. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, wherewith will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Yeah. All right, so that's the other one. And then I think... Paul brings up salt in in Colossians, and when when he talks to the Colossians about having speech as gracious, seasoned with salt, yeah. and I think Paul is specifically bringing yeah. back Jesus' illustration yeah. in that way of living yeah. living in society. Yeah, you know, in in that thing. So they're the three mentions yeah. of salt yeah. from from Christ, and then the one yeah. from Paul in the Bible. I think I think it's worth worth uh, probably pointing out the obvious you know salt because we can you know if you if you grab a spoonful of salt and eat it you know, it's like it's, it's you have this horrible yeah. you know he's not saying be like that i mean it, we're talking about something valuable something that brings fa- flavor something that preserves it's a very positive uh you know the the effect is uh is is positive um but there's a there's a distinctness to it and it has this um uh it has this powerful effect you yeah. know wherever uh, wherever it's applied so that's the that's the illustration and and i think in interpreting how he's using that we do need to interpret it beside the light yes uh, as well so so maybe we'll say uh, a few things about that because whilst the salt illustration uh, is used less the light uh, illustration is used throughout the old testament of course very much so the you know the the way of framing uh, who God's people were to be and, and what they were to do. Uh, the classic illustration of them being a light to the Gentiles yes. uh, is is used. Um, but but light is also light. I mean, light in the in the Bible, Old and New Testament. I mean, I think of three things when I think of the light. I think of this that we are to be the light. Yeah. I you hear that Jesus is the light. Yeah, that's right. And then also all the way through Scripture, Scripture calls itself. Yeah, the that's light. right. Yeah. So I Your think, word is a lamp to my path. And yeah, and I think head, all yeah. three of those things, as Jesus being the word, yeah, that's you right. know, is sort of, I think Jesus is conjuring yeah. up that. You know, yeah, I think right. Jesus is, is alluding to all of those things. Yeah. As in, that's right. we're a combination yeah. of that. So, so just, uh, you know, um, so, I mean, Jesus is saying that w- we are the light of the world. That's not taken away from the fact that he is because yes. one of the important things about Jesus, of course, is that he perfectly fulfills in himself the um, the, the role and the mandate of God's people. He's yeah. the perfect exemplar. Yes. And we are to be uh, what, what uh, you know, what he was uh, and and. And is actually through us now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the the idea and you know, light and darkness are powerful f- figures in the ancient world. Light is associated with um, with life 
and with truth, you know, life and truth. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, the idea of God's people as a light in darkness is the, li- is the life of God and the truth of God shedding light over, over a world that's in, the, in bondage to deception and decay and so forth. And yes. so, so the, salt, uh, the salt imagery goes with that because uh, it, it, it speaks to that same... Um, image of you know light needs to overcome darkness and and salt is used to to um, stay back decay and yes. and to heal it, that antiseptic yeah. uh, quality. So uh, you know th- these two things are working together. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Yep. So so the question then is oh, so if you read if we read in uh, Matthew five from fourteen to sixteen <clears throat> uh, and I'll le- read this one in the New Living you know, just read it in the New Living Translation, when he says about light, Jesus says, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Yeah, that's good. Can I I ask a question before we get into this? Again, in the context of Jesus, I mean, this is really early in Jesus' public ministry. Yep. He's he's talking to a Jewish audience. Yep. And co- very much connecting with them with images that they're yes. familiar with. That's yep. right. Yeah. And But is he also, and he's, you know, the disciples are very, very green, you know, like yep. like we we read this and think, okay, this is for us as Christians. And, and it is. Don't get me wrong. Yep. Don't get me wrong. It is yep. definitely yep. our blueprint for who we should be. But there's definitely part of me when I read it now, thinking of the context of Jesus. Jesus is really making an appeal to their Jewish way of thinking. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, you know because they believed that they were. This is going to sound horrible, but better than the rest of the world. Like not better, but like they were God's yeah. chosen people. Yeah, that's right. And and they were. You know, their role was to model. I mean, when Moses gave them the law, he, yeah. he said, you know, the, the part of the role of that is to. Um, to shine God's light, to show a better way yeah. uh, of doing things than the rest of the world, and so um, they were to embody that better way. Yeah. Uh, but part of you know at the centre of that, of course, was the tabernacle and the yeah. and the sacrifices. So, um, so yeah. So Jesus is appealing to a strong sense of identity. Yes. This is who you're meant to be. Now, what he's going to do is that he's going to. Um, bring them back to the core of what that is supposed to mean. So yep. he's going to go to the law. That's that's where he goes uh, from that. He says, I've not come to abolish the yes. law and the prophets. It's interesting that he goes from that statement about light yes. straight to the law. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, because they would have understand that, okay, we, we, we are a light by virtue of keeping the law. Yes. And uh, and he's going to do an interesting thing to that. I mean, he's going to absolutely say, yep, that's right. Um, but the law but is a lot really higher. Up, yeah. he's going to yeah. really up the ante. It's almost like he's saying the light, in the context of this, the light is brighter than what you thought it was. Yeah, that's right. So he says, you know, I've, I've come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. He's talking about the commandments. Yeah. So in a sense, what he wants to do is fulfill the law, that is fulfill what the law is after. Yes. But he's also going to allow us, in a sense, to do the same thing. And remember, again, coming off the back of Acts, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was to fulfill Ezekiel 36, where God says, there's that acknowledgement, like you can't keep the commandments. The the role of the Holy Spirit is to move them to keep my law and follow my my decrees. So so Jesus is... um, 
is then you know pointing to the law and a much uh, more stringent it's a, it's less about just action it's more about attitudes and yep. uh, so he's certainly he's certainly advocating that that idea of it, us embodying something that 100%. is an example to others so that's an aspect of it and it's also interesting that you know he goes from like i said just in verse 12 and then into into the next verse there in 17 he conjures up prophets and yep. law and he's conjuring like he's is when i say conjuring up he's not you know he's, yep. he's he's bringing those examples into mind because he's talking to a jewish audience yep. who live in that world he's putting himself in yep. in the same line of things so in the middle of that we have this salt and light thing yep. and so uh, so what i want to do is is really give um you know sort of give some credence to the fact that a lot of this is 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 appealing to that Jewish mindset of what it really means. He's part of me when I read this again now. He's basically saying you really want to know what being a Jew is. Yeah. You know what you want yeah. to know what being the chosen people is. This is the chosen yeah. people. Yeah. So let's let's keep in mind Jesus' later critique then of the Pharisees who were exemplary law keepers and they saw themselves as being this light and Jesus criticizes them for binding people and putting burdens on other yeah. people that they themselves can't keep. Yes. And so um, so he's uh, because I think it would be easy and this is I think one of the um, one of the common ways of misunderstanding this salt and light uh, is this idea that you know we need to go and wag the finger at everyone and and sort of kind of yeah. condemn the world you yes. know uh, and which was which is basically what jesus was condemning the pharisees that's and right. the sadducees for yeah, yeah that's right now yeah. now certainly um there is a uh you know there's there's a message that we need to take to the world that and part of that is to help people to realize that we are in conflict with god yeah um but uh i think at times uh, and 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 this is where we're going to get to the sort of sharp end of what this actually means, because this is uh, the connection between, and this is the useful connection between what you said about the word being yeah. light yeah. and us being light. We are a light when we take the message that God wants to get out there to the world, the message about Jesus. That essentially is shining the light. Yeah. And uh, and and I guess um, uh, you know we need to be clear on what that message is and you know what it means to represent that message yeah. uh, out in the world so so for example i getting back to um to acts i was looking recently at paul's um words to the ephesian elders yes, it's at uh, the end it's, there. yeah that's right in, in acts chapter 20 mm. and he says uh you know you've observed my conduct and he basically said, this is what I've been preoccupied with. He says in verse 21 of chapter 20, Acts 20, he says, I've declared, this is him summing up his ministry, right? Yeah. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. There's the, Bang. You know, the, there, there's the message. So, um, so uh, simple. Yeah, so simple. Yeah. Okay, so, so there's that. Um, they must turn to God in repentance. And, and we've got, I mean, by this stage in the book of Acts, we see what that looks like. We see that... Um, uh, that it very much for, for the Jews, it means take responsibility for your moral failures. Yes, you have, you know, yeah. don't think that you've uh, you've kept it all and done and uh, and turn to God and, and so forth. To the Gentiles, it's turn away from your idols very yeah. much. Turn away from these useless idols. I'm proclaiming to you the true God. It's very much in line with that. 
uh, the word repentance, of course, doesn't mean get your life together. Mm. It means because we can't do that. It means turn away from, you know, from independence and autonomy and turn to God in literally means the Greek word metanoia actually literally means a change of mind. But we could describe that as a complete change of orientation. So it's about turning from something to something. A 180. That's right. And, And so... So, you know, Paul has gone out to Jews and Gentiles alike. You know, Jews who probably didn't think that they needed to repent. Yeah. Uh, Gentiles that didn't really even know that there was anything wrong with the, you know, what what was their, exactly. their gods and their, you know. Uh, and, you know, Paul has um, both embodied, you know, um, as he po- points out to the Ephesian elders, I've, yeah. you know, he's sought to be an example, uh, to embody the message and to share this message. And it's all, it's very Christ focused. It's very much about calling people back to God. Yeah. And, um, and of course that's very consistent with the mandate of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, you know, um, where, uh, Jesus says, um, all authority on he- in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. This is uh, what Paul is doing. That yeah. you know that that is the that's the mission. And I think it's um, uh, you know because there are lots of other things that we could be that we could be drawn into. There are lots of side effects to that. So for example, um, where there, where there is, you know, naturally people coming to faith and turning to Jesus has effects on society, uh, has even has an effect on the politics and so forth, but it's essentially an inside out kind of thing. Uh, You know, God is concerned with drawing people to himself and through those people, uh, whole societies can be can be changed, and I think one of the one of the things that we can drift back into is the initial uh, ambition, perhaps, of the Jewish people in the first century, and want to just impose it and force change on society. Yeah. When Jesus is saying, "Hang on, whoa, you, yes. can't, you can't force the kingdom of God onto people." Yes, uh, we're inviting people in to turn away from worldly kingdoms and come into the kingdom of God, and that's you know, in a sense, there's this inside-out change uh, that that will happen. Yeah. Now, of course, there are there are times when systemic changes are needed and there are plenty of examples of Christians leading the way in systemic uh, systemic change but uh, one of the big mistakes and, and I think in an earlier podcast we discussed that we could probably just refer that we don't need to get into this but we talked about you know Christians in politics and so forth and yes. the tendency it's and it's been a tendency throughout history uh, of Christians in a sense picking picking the wrong tool, the wrong tool for the wrong mission, and and wanting yeah. to wield the sword of worldly power yeah. and impose things rather than get about the business of sharing the gospel and okay. Now we refer back to the sidebar that I mentioned before, yeah. Because a lot of social justice people, people concerned, rightly concerned with social yeah. justice around the world, you know, about different causes and whether or not you agree with the cause or not. A lot of people who at least are Christian familiar or Christian mm. adjacent will often trot out. Matthew 5, these verses about salt and light, Mm. about wanting to change the world and the systemic problems through policy and change and Mm. we're going to do this and that. And it's like, well, hang on, 
I don't think that's what salt and light is. It's yeah. not. It's not as you just said. It's not. You know, you used wield, wielding the sword. These days, it's like it's not wielding the the pen or wielding the media or wielding the social justice. Uh, you know, causes in the in the name of salt and light because that's not what Jesus mm. did. Yeah, and that's. I don't think that's what he's talking about being salt and light. Yeah. Well, both. Uh, I mean, look in in them both wherever. People on all ends of the political spectrums uh, have fallen into, I think, the preoccupation with, and this is—it's—I'm talking about the preoccupation because I think I think systemic change uh, is is important on yes. all, you know, on all issues of what is true and right and compassionate and just. Okay, yeah. so truth, justice, uh, all of these, absolutely important. The question is, we have to ask ourselves: How are things going to change? How do yeah. things really change? Yeah, and um, and genuinely, what God is concern about is changing people's heart not not just changing outward systems yes. now it's not that changing the systems in which we live is uh, is unimportant that that actually is important um but it's the, the it's there's a primary importance in fact next to the what is primarily important it's really quite secondary you know i, I was about to say the, look you can say that it's it's somewhat important i've come to the revelation really yep. realization yeah i was just reading psalm 23 and 24 this morning and going, you know, the Lord is the, the world is is the Lord's and everything yeah. in it. And and that sort of just showed me again that there is no secular thing. There is yeah. no this idea of a secular government, this idea of governments and people and kings and rulers and everything just is zero compared to God yeah. ruling and owning yeah. everything. That's right. Yeah. So the I guess the core problem that's acknowledged here is the problem of darkness. You know, it's Isaiah 61. It's the, it's the, um, you know, the human heart bound in chains in yeah. darkness, and uh, and God first and foremost. Look, I mean, this is so simple. The first thing that God wants is His children to come back home. Think yeah. of the prodigal son. That's yes. of course it is. That's, that's it. the first <laughs> thing that God wants. He doesn't He doesn't care primarily about their political views or whether they're. In fact, even how they're living and how they're acting primarily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, He cares about and and He wants to bring change. But first and foremost, God wants people to be reconciled to Him. Yes. filled with his spirit and any change that happens is the is the outworking uh, of that and there will be change and even even yeah. in that outworking those that are filled with the spirit need to make sure that that the core of the mission actually is about bringing uh you know the the, the message of god you know reconciling himself to humanity through jesus christ that's the that's got to be the central message yeah so so yep. let's take a break. Good. I was about to storm on, getting excited I could, here. I, I could see yeah. you getting excited. Let's take a quick break. That's we. I think we've done a good job of really giving the the scriptural background. You know the references there. We've we've touched on you know different examples there. So let's let's move on and maybe ask the question when we come back from the break. Okay. So how does this actually apply to my life? This is all good, Matt and yeah. DJ. I'm, I'm enjoying the Bible study, but break it down. How do I get it back into my life? We'll do that next here on Thrive Perspectives.
Hey there, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Thrive Perspectives. It's your old mate DJ Payne here, and I just want to take a couple of moments out of this podcast to let you know how the whole Thrive thing works and fits together. We've got a lot of new listeners, and maybe even for some of you long-time listeners, you're not quite sure how all the jigsaw puzzle pieces fit together. Well, let me explain it to you. Our dear mate, Matthew Jacoby, who you've been listening to on this podcast for years, has been writing a daily reading guide called... Thrive. Thrive takes you through the entire Bible piece by piece over about seven years. It comes out every quarter. The Thrive Daily Reading Guide comes out every quarter as either a little small paperback booklet or as an electronic edition. Now, out of the Thrive Daily Reading Guide, the original podcast that we've done, that we continue to do, Matthew and I, is called Thrive Deeper. And it's very obvious with the name, it's taking what we're reading out of the Thrive Daily Reading Guide and going deeper into the Word of God. That's the original podcast that's been going for over three years. Make sure you check that one out, Thrive Deeper. Now, over the last year, we've been doing this sister podcast, what we call the sister podcast, Thrive Perspectives. Now, this is a little bit more uh, talking about worldview and issues that come up in people's life and in every question's life. What is the worldview and what are the different views around different topics there? And then we also have Thrive Equip. And underneath Thrive Equip, we have a lot of different resources, well, growing resources. One of the most popular ones is the Deeper Places book that Matthew has written. And out of that, we have a video series for small group or even your own Bible study in going deeper in the book of Psalms and we are adding more resources to Thrive Equip all the time. So that's a little bit of a snapshot over the Thrive sort of universe as I call it. We've got the Thrive Daily Reading Guide out of that has come the podcast Thrive Deeper and then alongside that is the sister podcast Thrive Perspectives that you're listening to right now and then Underneath all of it, we have the foundational Thrive Equip to give you resources and all of this, everything that we produce in Thrive is all about helping you thrive in your relationship with Jesus Christ and be foundational on the Word of God. All of this can be found on our website, Thrive today.tv and I'm very excited to let you know the latest edition the brand new edition of the Thrive Daily Reading Guide is out taking you through Joshua Judges Ruth and Samuel the theme of it is light in the darkness and I for one can't wait to get started so there's your snapshot of all things Thrive I hope I've made it clearer for you right now let's get back into the podcast with Matt here at Thrive Perspectives Thrive Perspectives, and you've got DJ and Matt here as per usual. No guests today. We are looking at the salt and light paradigm of mm. Jesus Christ. You know, one of the earliest messages that he that he gave us, you know, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. He mentions again in Luke 14 and Mark 9. And the Apostle Paul mentions it once as well. This idea of being salt, 
but also there's a lot more. That, I mean, that's just the salt part of it. There's a lot more, uh, you know, verses about being mm. the light mm. as that's well. Right. So, so we've covered, you know, the background there. I think the question, Matt, is is let's really get to, you know, the rubber hitting the road. How do I be salt and light? today how do we as christians be salt and light does does that mean i'll give you one problem i think that a lot of people talking about salt and light they they really get carried away in in doing it for an exclusive club like Mm. i'm going to look after my own yeah i'm going to look after my church or my community my family everything Mm. i'm going to build sort of a little empire here and make sure everything is looked after there you know and i hear them using salt and light in that context yeah possibly i mean the the most common one that i probably encounter is the i need to advocate for this yes uh this particular view or again getting back to the political thing what the an interesting example uh, of this that's used to justify that and i think it's worth uh probably referring to this is the slavery thing you know what yes. about the slavery thing you know yeah. and 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 that you know that's used to sort of justify i guess a focus on changing systems you know the surely systems need to evil systems need to change yeah well um first of all we know from scripture that the world system in one sense wins in the in one sense you yes. know what i mean it, it it's not it's not uh, it's toppled when Jesus returns, yeah. but what you see in the Book of Revelation is basically a kind of political win. Now, you know, in in some sense, oh, no, no, I'm not saying senses. I'm not saying give up and we shouldn't, yeah. you know, we shouldn't, uh, you know, advocate for change and and for justice and for, but, um, uh, you know, now the the of course the example of of slavery and, and the two times in history when slavery was abolished was by Christians first yes. in the. Uh, early middle ages uh, as a result of people sharing communion it was sort of the uh, around the flowed out table. of the theology yes. of yes. Uh, of communion and and the, you know the mass being given to all alike and yeah. so forth and um uh, so it sort of flowed out of that and then of course famously um in the early 1800s uh, you know it was a uh, it, it was um it was really the outworking of a christian way of viewing humanity and oh. and i think that's you know it's a wonderful example Definitely. of really of the inside-out principle and, and you know, um, sceptics often criticise the New Testament for not um, sort of advocating the abolition of slavery yes. outright. And yet when you look at Paul's advice to masters and, uh, and you know, we've got a whole book in the New Testament, Philemon, which is about slave, you know, yeah. that's run away. And really uh, if people practised, you know, the lifestyle of the New Testament, then they would be... You, 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 yeah. Slavery no longer exists in that sense because your your slave is your Christian brother. Yes. You understand that you're equals. Yeah. You know you're sharing a communion table together. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in order for a genuine abolition, there has to be the change of heart. And and I think this is the New Testament operates from that from that point of view. And there have I mean there have been probably in the last hundred years currents in particularly in the sort of. Uh, I think around the 60s there was a growth in what was known as liberation theology this idea with you know that that the new testament is all about just changing the systems and it's yeah. it's about outside in uh, more than inside out yes. well I, I would um and, and they were they were probably 
you know, um, I, I would say that the most reversing of them, what what had been the understanding up to that point. But also, in light of that, most of them. I mean, a lot of the leaders in that movement were really troubled people, and you know, be complicated in that whole in, in the in that sixties movement. Look, there was some great there's some great uh, people there, but look, you know, I think that the and they were and they were they were good hearted about it. They weren't. Yeah, they were going, yeah, most yeah. of them were going in it in good faith. Yeah. They weren't taking the scripture and trying to misuse it. They. It's like it's like it's like this. It's like the principle. <clears throat> I, it's a real. This is a really dumb analogy, but it's the same principle of when you buy a new car, yeah, and it's a, you buy a new purple, whatever yeah. Mazda, and then all of a sudden you see blue, new purple Mazdas everywhere. You yeah. s- as soon as you buy that car, so my point there with the bad analogy yeah. is whatever you're passionate about in yeah. life. You begin to read into the scripture, yeah, whatever you're right. reading. Yeah. So I think, at, getting back to your to your question, one of the things I think we can be swamped by is that there are a lot of problems in the world. <laughs> you know, to say obvious statement. Yeah. And you know, those problems are the bad fruit at the end of a branch uh, that comes from a corrupt, you know, roots. Yeah. You know, and. Um, and I think what we can fall into doing is bashing the bad fruit, yes. trying to cut off the bad fruit, when what the gospel deals with is the roots. Yes. It deals with the roots, yeah. and and the you know the outlook there is that um, if if we can in people's lives if we can change the roots, then then good fruit will follow. And we've talked about that, you know, when we talked yeah. about the fruit of the spirit, yes, uh, in in the last episode. So. Um, so, so this is when you know you, we're constantly confronting problems, and you have to. This is, this is, and, and we see this very much uh, in Paul. He was just a master at choosing his battles, yeah. you know, yeah. because you know you're talking to people, and you're, uh, and there's so many complex moments that we can be. Okay, we've got this happening here and that happening there. The que- we've got to ask ourselves the question: How are people? How is society going to change? Society is only going to change if people genuinely change. Yes, you can't force people to. Uh, yeah. To do the right, right thing. Now there, there are systemic changes that can be made to, you know, reduce injustice and things like that. And I think that's important. That's good. But, but the primary, um, the we've got to uh, again come back to what is the biggest problem with the world, and it's not a problem that's going to be solved uh, no. just by changing structures. Or it's it's ultimately the biggest problem in the world is only sol- solved by Jesus and uh, and what Jesus has done for us on the cross and the indwelling Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, so that's you know that I guess that brings us again in those situations where, okay, um, let's say you know. You're at church one day. I don't know. I'm just yeah. gonna. You're at church yeah. one day, and someone comes who's, um, you know, uh, in a uh, in a moral situation, or a, you know, let's say they're in a same-sex relationship, or, or they're, you know, uh, in some um, situation that maybe we would find discordant with our faith. Yeah. Be careful that you're not trying to chop off the, you know, the, the, fruits. the, the fruits that you actually you want to get to the root. You want to get to the root, yeah. and and it's like I've had so many conversations where people almost flaunt that. Oh, I'm I'm this and that, you know, and I just want to get back to. So where are you at with God? Like, do yeah. you what 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 are you? How do you? And yeah. and the more conscious people become of of God, and and, and even raising that question. Ah, oh, so a God who might have a have a actual sort of blueprint for life and and uh, you know yeah um th- there's a we 
we need to bring people back to the central things that there is a God who is calling them back to himself. Amen. Who wants to become their God yeah. and, and draw them uh, into onto his pathway and living the purpose that he's designed for them. And, and we have access to reconciliation with God through Jesus Christ. We just need to keep coming back to that. And this is the beautiful thing about salt and light, bring it back to the salt and light, because... You know, the salt analogy first that Jesus lays out in Matthew is, you know, you being the salt, the salt exists. You know, like it's, it's like the salt doesn't go, you know, this is the beautiful thing about this first analogy is the salt just is salty. You know, yeah. like it is just it, the the the, uh, the preserving you yeah. know, aspects of it, the salty, the flavoursome aspects of it, the um, preservation and the cleanliness aspects of it, you yeah. know, using it, they would use it like an antibacterial, yeah. Yeah. you know, type of thing. They would use it in wounds. You know that if your yeah. salt goes in a wound, it stings yeah. like crazy. Uh, but, you know, you don't ask, it's like the salt isn't out there. There's going to be maybe a silly yeah. thing to say. I, when I read this, I, I don't read that the salt is out there like throwing shows or telling everyone (laughs) or broadcasting the world about their saltiness. It just is. Yeah. It just is. And, and the idea of the salty, the salt losing its saltiness is when it gets corrupted by outside things. Yeah. In, in his yeah. day, sand or other chemicals that they would add to the salt, that would yeah. make it lose its saltiness. Yeah. It's useless. And, and I think there's something beautiful about that analogy because if we remain centred on yeah. the central thing yeah. of the gospel and that what God is calling us to yeah. do, if we remain pure in that, we won't lose our saltiness yeah. and we'll right. permeate it through. Yeah. And, and, then I, the, and then the next step after that, Matt, yeah. sorry to interrupt, yeah. the next step after that is... Well, we're not just left because when I can read that, I can say in my mind, I can justify, I have a tendency to do this, to justify myself wanting to be salt just to my fellow salt people. You know what I mean? Like I I want to remain there. But no, no, that's where where Jesus then putting light to it. Yeah. Convicts the living daylights out of me because yeah. he's like, and this is this is convicting for a lot of us. You are a light of the world, so the salt is not just the salt; it's also the light. And you put the light on a lampstand so the whole world right. can see. Yeah. All right. What is it meant to be seeing? Is it meant to be seeing us yelling about what we believe in? I know. I think it's meant to be seeing our saltiness. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. meant to be seeing the change of yeah, behavior. Yeah. That's right. yeah. That's right. That yeah. the that the salt that the that's the right. central thing yeah. provides. That's right. So one of the things that light does, of course, is that it it shows up what's wrong, <laughs> and <laughs> and this is and this gets me back to my fruit and root thing. Like yeah. to really be light, I think, is to have this penetrating effect that we get into the deep space of what is really wrong. Like yes. what's really wrong with the world is not moral failure. It's 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 a it's a spiritual alienation from it's spiritual rebellion against God. Yeah. It's it's independence and autonomy from God. I mean, you know, people say, well I've lived a pretty good life and I and and you know again I'm that's not the issue. The yeah. issue yeah but uh but how are you with God? How are you, you know, are you living with God or without? Because God is God. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm finding I'm continually bringing people back to that. And that is there's a there's an element of confrontation about that. And I there think we've got to be. be prepared for that. This is the thing, um, you know, often we can use the salt thing to justify being 
I guess, belligerent and insensitive and, uh, and, then, and then we can, you know, w- when you've tried to, you know, you're hammering the bad fruit and then yeah. people just th- think you're judgmental and whatever. And, yeah. and, you know, the problem there is a problem of approach. You know? It's like, yes. come on, you, you know, gentle as doves, shrewd as serpents here, as Jesus says. And, and often, you know, that happens and then, you know, uh, I guess people cry persecution and think they're getting persecuted for the gospel and actually they're persecuted just from being... <laughs> an idiot really <laughs> being insensitive and you know I so, think we've all been there we've yeah, all been there but um you know I think uh, but we really need to be prepared and and one of the one of the issues I think here that you know you talk talk about salt lo- losing its saltiness and and um uh is I think a problem here is that as a lot of Christians are not confident in their ability to really communicate and explain their faith in a very complex world now yeah. where people have a lot of objections. Um, and I think we need to get better at this. And so what can tend to happen if, if I don't understand my worldview and why I think what I think, then when someone, then I'm, I think that it's a great danger of me drifting uh, into the territory of the people that I'm meant to be that they since they're going to influence me rather than me influencing them so so my my convictions the, are going to be watered down and the salt's going to be uh you losing know, its salt diluted yeah. with, with these other ideas and I really think you know I I'm I know what it's like to be in conversation with people what do you think about this what do you think about yeah. that you know they want to they want to take you to the controversial things and uh and the way the way past that isn't just to deny all the things that we believe. It isn't also just to, um, uh, it, you know, in, in, in a sense, what I try to do is bring things back to the central things. Well, actually, to understand those things, I, I need to actually help you understand my worldview first. That, yeah. that, you know, let's talk about God and the fact that we're created. But, you know, it's getting yeah. back to those central things because it because you know, again, to be light is to go to the darkest place. We need to shine light in the darkest places. And the darkest places are really those root areas in which we are alienated from God. That's the root problem. Yeah. So we need to keep before our minds, okay, what what is the root problem and what is the solution? The yeah. root problem is people's conflict with and alienation from God. Let's be clear about this. Amen. The root problem with the world yeah. is people's alienation uh, from and conflict with with God, yeah. and the solution to that is given to us in Jesus Christ, who reconciles us to God and calls us to a life in which God becomes our God, and we step back into God's purpose. Yeah, right? that's yeah. that's what we're. That's the message that we're representing. I, and the, and the thing and the thing as as you're listening to this and thinking, how do I become salt? How do I become light? I, I don't understand. Especially in the in, in circumstances like you've just put out there, Matt, with with maybe people who are confrontational or a family member who, you know, uh, you know, it might be in a same sex relationship, a family member who might be trans, a family member who votes something differently politically, yeah, yeah. or family like all these things that yeah, cause so yeah. much drama. You know, back in the day, we would say a family member who 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 had a different footy team, and that was the most <laughs> controversial thing. That's nothing these days. It's it, it, there is yeah. so many things. How, and we we just are so so tempted to get sucked into the drama to the stuff that really <clears throat> isn't hear me right on this one yeah. that really isn't going to change people yeah but the salty thing is to say I think first off to be able to articulate here's my story yeah 
his yeah, 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 that's testimony. Right. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great idea. Because you know, I think, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. this is this is how I was changed. This is how the light of God's word affected me. Yeah, this is what it shined light on me. This is my thing. I don't think what you're going through is any different yeah. to what I went through. Yeah. And this is how I yeah. made was made right That's with right. God. Yeah. And and that I think diffuses the situation so they don't see you as a moral judge. Yeah. Judging them for not having the perfect lifestyle because yeah. that's what they expect Christians yeah. to be a lot of that's what yeah. we've we're being portrayed about in the in the media. No, Christians we should be known as the biggest bunch of sinners yeah. who found, you know, who found the found the way to God, yeah. and and we're sinners first, yep. who are admitting that everything That's is broken, right. and and we are the broken people who found God and want to show other people to God. Yeah, that's right. That's how we be salt for me. That's a great one. I think that's really really good advice. And look, if if you, I mean, if you're having, you know, long arguments with people about, you know. Uh, pro-choice versus pro-life or, or, or same-sex marriage or, you know, all of these things. I, I mean, uh, I just think you're going down the wrong track. I'm, I'm not. Don't. I'm not saying capitulate to no. those views, but no. please understand yes. this. I'm saying that. And and, it, and also by saying sorry, I want to interrupt yeah. here because, as we're recording, uh, here's a little bit of a you know, um, current news thing. Yeah. Uh, Amy Grant. You know, Christian yeah. artists from you know being around for yeah. decades and decades and decades. She's in hot water at the moment, depending on who you listen to. She just did an interview uh, with a, uh, a, a a Christian uh, person who who identifies as gay yeah. in Nashville. He's got this podcast. He's well known, and Amy basically says on the on on the podcast, listen, it doesn't matter what you are, what you do, who you're with. You know, God is love. Come to the table. Yada yada yada. Now. She's in hot water now. Like, there's some people who are going to defend her in that. A lot of a lot of gay people and 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 pride organisations are like, "Hooray for Amy Grant! She's mm. safe to listen to." And then, you know, a lot of conservative people are like, "What are you doing, Amy?" You know. But my point here, the reason why I bring that up, is I I, I want to be careful when Matthew and I are saying these issues aren't important. Mm. Well, no, 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 they are important. And, and things and lifestyles and moral choices will change, but they only change mm. when you deal with the, with yeah, the roots. Right. Yeah, It's actually <laughs> all of those things. I mean, I, you know, I, I've, um, when I look at these ethical issues, for example, and political uh, that, that eventually become politicised, it actually is impossible. If, if someone doesn't share your worldview, it's impossible for them to... To see things the way that you do. So you're actually not going to get anywhere. That's where you need to come back to the... Sim- and, and I think that any Christian... It's, it's actually really simple. If you believe that there is a God who has a blueprint for human life, as it's meant, that, that ha- you know, whose prerogative it is to say, this is your purpose, this is how I want you to live. Um, anyone who believes, you know, that, it, like that, that makes sense of... Uh, of a lot of things. I think we have to get back to discussions around, okay, what do we think about God and where, like, where are you at with God? Most, you know, again, most people believe in God. Uh, They really do. Atheism is, is, you know, is a very small proportion of the population. It's so deeply intuitive in people, uh, you know, belief in in God. So I want to talk about 
um, you know, I want to get away from those issues and get to these central worldview things. Well, tell me what what do you think about God, or, or you know, how, do, how do you how do you see yourself in, you know? That, that is a great point because Matt, let me build on the back of that. My my dealings with people, it, Christians and non Christians, I'm yeah. going to be honest here, is not that people don't believe in God, it's that people design their own God. Yeah. And build yeah. their own God in in in, right. in their own in That's their right. own you know yeah, yeah. my God looks exactly like me yeah or it's and, an unknown God in a sense like yes. Paul comes across um, Paul's you know Acts seventeen in Athens is so so I think pertinent to yeah. our uh, our times we're essentially doing that somewhere. same thing yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no let me let me tell you who, who let me tell you who this God is and I mean. Some people might say, "Well, that's really arrogant." Well, no, I, I'm I'm not saying this because I I worked it out. I don't think we can work this out. The only way we can know God is if He reveals Himself to us. And let me tell you my story. I I, I you know, God has taken hold of my life, and and as God has revealed Himself to me, and uh, and it's changed my life in this in this way. And um, and I think that gets that gets you back to. You know that's that's something that any any Christian oh. can and should do. So um, this is where I think being the light means representing the the main thing, the main solution to the main problem at the time, and not getting distracted and drawn into other things. Well, let's let's bring those three things that I mentioned earlier. This is why I mentioned all three things because when we think, oh man, a light, Jesus wants me to be a light on a light stand, a city for the hill, like yeah. like a, you know, like be, to be you know seen by everybody. Oh my goodness, no, don't worry, it's not about you and your good deeds. Yeah, it's it's you. Understanding that Jesus is the light yeah. living in you, and how do you show that out yeah. there? Is by the light of God's word. That, you 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 invest and immerse yourself in God's word. That helps you be stay salty, and you shine out. And yeah. people, and well, I get, understanding God's word. You know, yes. and, and again, it's not like I'll just throw out texts oh, yes. out there oh, as yes. though yes. as though there's some no, magic. No. I think some people feel like it's like some magic <laughs> formula or something if I throw it. No, you, to re- just understand the heart of your faith and, and you know, represent that. And, you know, you, you share your testimony as well. You know, we're, we're not just advocates of, of, a, of, of a theory. We're witnesses, Yeah. you know. And uh, I think... Um, I think it's important to keep coming back to that. Don't get drawn into into these other things. I uh, I feel that now more than ever, there's a danger of us getting drawn oh. into so many different, oh. t- trying to fight so many battles when uh, actually I think we need to, again, have the focus of Paul be prepared to say, look, I'm just not going to fight that battle. I'm not going to fight that battle. I'm, you know, there, there, there are, of course, there are times to engage in certain things, and I think we need to be wise about that. But we've got to stick uh, to this, you know, this central, oh. central message. And um, I can't agree more. more important uh, and, than ever. And, and, and the and again, this is my final statement. We'll wrap up. We'll wrap up, Matt. I'll give you the final word. As you just to build on the back of that, th- that's been the biggest conviction for me, and it's a growing conviction. I talked about it at the beginning of the year, something I experienced in 2020, being convicted that I keep on putting other things first, other than Jesus, politics, you know, v- the right, correct view on a moral position, on a legal position about this. They're going to pass this law about that. I need to have my rights, and I yeah. need to have right that. Oh my goodness, yeah. it is all. 
you know, when you when you put your eyes on Jesus, when you put your eyes on God's word, and go to God's word, you realize <laughs> that it is there is no consideration there, and it's wildly convicting for me. But I keep falling into that sin so often. Yeah. It it's is like, so tempting. You know, you can imagine. I think you just need to imagine. You know, here are God's lost children. Think of those you have parents. You know, if if your child is, you know. You imagine someone going out in the street and having some argument about some theoretical issue that, yes, it might be, you know, that, that what they're arguing for might be valid, but God's saying, hang on, I just want my kid to come. And just Can you just bring them back to me? Like, stop yeah. stop yeah. arguing yeah. and and actually, you know, actually help them to understand that I, I love them and, and I've made a way for them to come back and, you know... Uh, the heart of God yearns for these people. So let's, you know, let's let's keep to these central things. And, and I think, again, coming back to that salt and light illustration, I mean, Jesus talks about not putting a cover over the light. And I think that's the first thing is um, is actually we need to pull up the shutters, really. And, and the first thing is to be actually willing to be honest and let people know, uh, open up our hearts um, to people and be transparent you know pull up the the the, the light is in you you know it's not about uh it's not about theoretical arguments the light is in you so just um honestly sharing the truth about yourself pulling up those because i think we can you know we we care far too much about what people think and so we pull down the shutters i'll just live with people and you know um i don't know how many people who have become christians who i've heard say I had all these Christians around me, but no one ever told me anything. Like no one ever, no one ever actually shared that with me. And I, I you know, um, so, you know, don't put a don't put a, a cover over the light. Just be, you know, be transparent about what God has done for you. Share the love of God. Share, talk about what God has done for you, and uh, help people to recognize that. God loves them. God wants his kids back. God has made a way. And keep to the simple, central things and you won't go wrong. Thanks for listening to Thrive Perspectives. We want to hear from you. So send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website, ratethispodcast.com slash thriveperspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production.